1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Tyler Matheson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with executives, experts, and thought leaders. Despite a global pandemic that shut down movie theaters, Broadway, and theme parks, for TV production, the show must go on. Today, a conversation with two television producers who are working through the pandemic on their respective shows on how they safely and successfully kept cameras rolling. Neil Baer is an executive producer and writer for shows including Designated Survivor and Law and Order SVU. And Yoon Lingner is an executive producer of ABC's Shark Tank. They joined us at CNBC's At Work Summit on March 30, 2021, to talk about bringing their crews back to work. My colleague Carl Quintanilla conducted the interview. Here's their conversation.
2: We're talking to a, a lot of business leaders today who are trying to figure out How we get back to work safely. You you've already uh, shot a season of Shark Tank uh, last summer, which was really at the peak of the pandemic. And without getting too much into the weeds on protocols, I'm wondering if you can sort of share what the strategy was going into that, what you thought you were going to be able to accomplish in the way of normalcy and sort of how that evolved as we learned more about the course of the pandemic and and ways in which we were going to treat it.
3: Well, we got back into production in the early days of the pandemic. Um, we were one of the first shows back, so it was a um, it was a really precarious, uh, unusual, unprecedented time. And so, you know, there was no, no no precedent set. And of course, every production has its own unique set of circumstances. And for our show, I think the, the biggest challenge is we had almost two hundred entrepreneurs traveling. From all over the world, um, normally coming to Los Angeles on a stage shooting, so we had to manage that to do it as uh, safely as possible. Um, so, you know, one thing about you know the industry is that we, you know, all the, the industry had a set of guidelines, so that really helped us um, kind of have a uh, sort of a blueprint that then we worked off of for our own uh, particular set of circumstances, and we were. Uh, super fortunate to be able to shoot in a sort of a bubble at the Venetian Resort in Los Angeles. And, you know, for our set of circumstances, the amount of crew we had with the amount of uh, entrepreneurs, uh, we only felt comfortable doing it safely in that bubble environment.
2: So everybody's sort of familiar with the way Shark Tank looks uh, as the sharks are taking their pitches. Um, do you think that was in, in the universe of production scenarios that was the least complicated that it was gonna get. Obviously you had a lot of visitors from out of town, but once they were in the room, and I assume tested, um, you sort of could shoot your regular camera angles. Uh, I'll, we'll talk about scripted in a moment with Neil, but was there a feeling that this is, a, this is as good a possibility as we have given the circumstances?
3: Well, we definitely made uh, creative changes uh, to the set and sort of some of the uh, components of the show. Um, the sharks, normally they sort of sit in a line and, uh, under the circumstances, we, we did a sort of, an arc, a curve. Um, the sharks were seated six feet apart, which is a a lot more distance. Um, and so that changed a ton of camera angles and, you know, we were a little precarious, you know, like, how's this going to look? Is it going to affect the intimacy of, uh, of the show? And we were really pleasantly surprised that it didn't. The entrepreneurs were standing a lot further away from the sharks as well. Um, you know, there was a little creative adjust, uh, adjustments made. Um, a lot of times we have extras come in to help, you know, with the pitch. We really minimize that, but actually we didn't have any extras at all except the entrepreneurs. We minimize the number of entrepreneurs that were allowed to come. You know, sometimes you have business partners, you have, you know, several come. We only have the essential people or a, a family. Um, and there were no handouts, you know, so there were little adjustments made. And, you know, we were hoping that it wouldn't impact the true creative, the true heart and uh, soul of the show. And it didn't. And we we're really happy about that.
2: Right. That's fascinating. Um, Neil, I saw today uh, the CDC said that their data suggests that those who are fully vaccinated don't spread. Obviously, this is subject to change and, and they're learning just as much as we are. But I wonder how you think that impacts the general color of uh, protocols like masks and distancing and the duration with which we have to live with those kinds of things.
4: Well, science is not definitive, and I think we all want it to be. And so today, a year after the you know first huge wave of the pandemic or a little bit after that, We know so much more. We know about how to treat people in the hospital with high dose steroids. We know how to use monoclonal antibodies. We did not know that a year ago. So we're accruing a lot of data and we're better able to tell people how they can protect themselves. But still, we don't have a lot of information about who spreads and who doesn't. And we're very worried about long haulers now, and we're reading more and more about them. So I think it's important to think about them. These are people often who have a very mild case. They get over it quickly, and then sometimes weeks later develop fatigue, muscle ache, fever, brain fog for months. And so we don't know uh, which person that's going to affect. We don't have that predictability yet. And so I think, therefore, the CDC rightfully is saying we still need to use masks, we still need to distance, and we still need to um, you know, do the best hygiene we can. And that, of course, does affect dramas, for instance, which I've always worked on because dramas are intimate. The actors are together. So my friends who do dramas uh, have had to rewrite their their scenes so that there are just two people in the scene. And if it's a romantic scene, often what happens is uh, their real partner will be their romantic partner in the scene, and they'll be shot from behind, and they'll use wigs and things like that. So that's been going on on soap operas, and they've used mannequins. They've done uh, everything they can to really um, keep the set safe. But dramas and comedies are really collaborative and there are sometimes hundreds of people on the set so it has really changed the way uh, television television shows are made and uh, it doesn't have that kind of intimacy that uh, it used to. It will again as we become more and more vaccinated and that's the the big uh, push right now is to get as many people vaccinated so that we will have herd immunity and we can go back. What will change I think ultimately is uh, I've done a lot of pitches by Zoom and it's really great to not have to drive for an hour and a half in Los Angeles (laughs) to a different studio, and that seems to work really well. A lot of my friends are doing Zoom rooms, and it will be interesting to see if there's a combo Zoom room and meeting in person. Of course, it's great to meet in person. You're seeing people's gestures, you're getting their tone of voice, you're able to take breaks. Uh, With a Zoom room, it's very focused, and most of my friends are saying they go for a couple of hours, take a break, a couple hours more, so it's not a. 10 till 7 uh, o'clock kind of uh, deal anymore. So that has changed, and I think it will can probably continue to change where there'll be a combination of Zoom rooms in the future and Zoom meetings in the future. And we always did Zoom meetings when I did Law & Order Special Victims Unit. The writers and the producers were in L.A., and the actors and the directors and the crew were in New York. So we were Zooming all the time doing our note sessions, um, our sessions with the directors, um, all uh, casting and so we were prepared in that way but we but we need to really um get over this notion that science is definitive and embrace that we're getting knowledge slowly but surely and that's why we still have to to mask and uh protect ourselves and each other
0: this podcast is supported by fedex dear small and medium businesses
2: Neil brings up a great point about vaccines. And I wonder how you're thinking about vaccine hesitancy, if you think it's going to be a real um, a headwind. And if it is, what's the best way to encourage workers to get it? Uh, to At what point do you start to talk about mandating it, if at all? What are your thoughts on that?
3: Well, um, I mean, I think well, everybody has a very uh, personal perspective on it. Um, we're not, you know, I, I don't know as far as the legality of, you know, mandating employees to and staff to get it. But I think kind of judging, engaging from people. I mean, I think in every culture, it's a little bit different. But I think most people are very enthusiastic about uh, getting the vaccine, especially when they know it's important for society, but also getting back to work and um, creating the safest environment possible.
2: Neil, how about you? You think right. hesitancy is going to be an issue? Hesitancy
4: is an issue now. Fortunately, it's dropped from 39 percent to 30 percent. But we still have a huge number of people who are hesitant about being vaccinated, and it's not a monolithic monolithic reason. They have different reasons. Um, it's not that it's just people who are African American think about Tuskegee; they think about their current access to the to the vaccine. They think about how they've been treated. They te- think about the inequity of healthcare in the United States. And so we have to tell stories and we've been having conversations with the Writers Guild uh, through Hollywood Health and Society, which Norman Lear uh, started, where we bring uh, experts to the writers and talk about how we can tell stories uh, that will help to alleviate misconceptions about the vaccine because Um, Some people feel that it's a question of independence. Some people feel it's uh, a conspiracy. Some people feel it's uh, a religious issue. Some people feel that um, they're being uh, experimented on. So there's not one reason, but television can help and it has in the past for instance with designated driver that was started many years ago in the late 80s and that changed the way people thought about drinking and driving when somebody was designated now our designated driver is uber or lyft or someone driving who hasn't been drinking but we can have a huge Mm -hmm. impact through our storytelling and there are lots of shows right now that are you know writing and integrating into the storyline questions about getting vaccinated or not. And that's what, you know, people I think really want to see. They want to see all the sides and they want accurate information. And it's important that we as TV writers and producers give that accurate information.
2: Right, right. You and I want to spend a couple minutes on money. Uh, when you were shooting your season last summer and you were coming to grips with the additional incremental costs, um, how do you deal with uh, maybe production companies or distributors or f- financers who, uh, who, add, who apply pressure and want you to get the safety done at the lowest possible cost? How do you, how do you push back on that?
3: Well, um, it was the most important priority for us is to uh, produce this, the show safely. So, of course, it was challenging because there was a lot of added costs. Um, especially, you know, shooting in the bubble, uh, creating the bubble environment in um, Las Vegas was a huge cost. You know, we were fortunate enough, you know, because tourism was uh, so severely impacted in the early days of the pandemic, that um, the Venetian resort had the space, they had the infrastructure, and they didn't have uh, tourism. So we were able to um, make a deal with them that was um, right. that really allowed us to, uh, to do that. Um there was some you know cost savings with well I was there <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> you know, we have I mean I'm sure there were some things that we saved on that we kind of allocated to the um, uh, to the testing and I mean of course it was way over the normal but that it, yeah. it was a problem we had to make it happen there's other things that come up in production that you know that it's unforeseen this was catastrophic. But, you know, it it was basically, do we want to go on with the show or not? And if, you know, there was no question about we we just had to do it.
2: Right. Uh, Neil, uh, just a final thought on that. And and also this idea, maybe uh, some of the people who are watching will be uh, promoting, uh, you know, uh, protocols to, to maintain safety. But there might be this creeping notion that we're exiting the worst of it. So really, how much more do we have to do? Do you think that's a danger? I think it's a big danger, and
4: Dr. Rochelle Walensky, who's the head of the CDC, has been talking about this the last week or so, saying she's really, really worried about a fourth wave, and that's because we are possibly not... um, masking as much as we should, and we're opening up too much. And so um, when the head of the CDC, who's a renowned infectious disease expert, is worried, I really listen to her. And I think uh, that we're not ready yet, and I know we want to. I know we wanna go out and enjoy the spring and the summer, but if we can just get enough people vaccinated and really tell the story about the science behind the vaccinations and why it's so important then i think we will be able to enjoy uh, a world that uh, we we uh, dream about now, and so um, in the <laughs> meantime, we're going to still, you know, mask and distance, and we'll probably be making more of what we call bottle shows on on dramas where there are uh, only a few people in the scene. We used to do those when we spent too much money on a previous episode, so we would make it up by doing a bottle <laughs> show. But now we may be doing more bottle shows because I'm hearing that COVID uh, protocols can add you know, at least 20% to the budget. And that's really important because no one wants to get COVID um, who really understands the cost because none of us knows whether or not we'll be the one who will be a long hauler and none of us knows whom we'll we'll infect. So we've been talking a lot about be a protector. It's kind of like designate a driver. How can you yourself protect your loved ones, your family, your neighbors, your friends? And the best way is to still follow the protocol until enough people are vaccinated.
1: That was Neil Baer, executive producer and writer for shows like Designated Survivor and Law and Order SVU, speaking with my colleague Carl Quintanilla at CNBC's At Work Summit on March 30, 2021. Shark Tank executive producer Yoon Lingner was also a part of that panel. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. For more information on upcoming CNBC events and how you can join us, please visit cnbcevents.com. I'm Tyler Matheson. Thanks for listening.
0: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof-of-delivery,